the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thanks for tuning in. It is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And today, because Paul is here, you can ask anything because she knows pretty much everything. <laughs> All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630 you can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as I remind you every day on the program, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here. Let's have some fun. Okay. Thank you. Well. So be fun. Okay. <laughs> That's like, I am funny, but then when somebody will say, well, be funny to like a comedian or somebody, something like that, and say, tell a joke and you can't think of a joke. But I'm on the worship team, and sometimes somebody will say, sing your favorite Christian song, and I'm like, uh, you know, because I know, like, I don't know how many songs, but uh, but I have something to talk about today. Okay. Yeah. I was just watching you on TV. Yeah, I know, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Okay. Because it's my <laughs> show, and I just, I'm going to call the shots on this one for sure. So it you, was fun though watching your face when uh, you walked in and saw you on the phone, on the on, on the, the screen. screen. I know. I, yeah. Well, let's just forget that for now, okay? Oh. If you don't mind. <laughs> um, you had a, a call yesterday from anonymous, and those those questions from anonymous are are really telltale because I get more anonymous than Smiths. Yeah, or I Jones. know. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. But the 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 question was, if salvation is a gift. Why is there such pressure to receive it? And, you know, I was thinking about that. It kind of bothered me since I heard that question. And I've been thinking about it. And so, um, uh-oh, but I was going to, I asked, you know who, Siri. I asked, <laughs> uh, what are the benefits of being a Christian? And I know you've done uh, 
a study on the benefits of or the pluses, the over pluses of being a Christian, but I couldn't find where that is. And which Romans one? three. Romans three. Oh man. So anyway, um, thank you so much because the next time I'll try to remember that. But since I'm getting older, I better write that down somewhere and um, keep that. But it's like at Christmas time or a birthday, or if somebody says, you know, they want this particular thing or they really need this particular thing, and I had the ability to to get it for them, and all these gifts are sitting under the tree, and, you know, they're just kind of passing by the gift that I know is what they really, really need or and or want, and they just keep passing it by, and I'm like, just get, get that one. Get, get that one, pick that one. And then when they pick it up, the phone will ring or, you know, the so, it's time to eat, you know, or something. And they put it back. They just keep passing it by, passing it by, by. But see, I know what's in that gift. So for me, it's not me pressuring them. I'm just so excited that once they receive that gift, the joy that they're going to receive. And that gift is one that, goes on and on. it's better than the energizer buddy bunny so if only they knew the gift and so i looked up some well yeah i looked them up but i asked you know who to give me some some hints <laughs> and so here's the first one obviously you don't want you know who to say yes yeah uh-huh. again yeah uh-huh. and, and and she probably would if i if she was programmed like me hello you already asked this question two times did you not get it i saw you writing it down so anyway one is you get to receive a personal connection with Jesus. That's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's just one. You get to connect with Jesus, the creator of all things, the creator of your next breath. Um, and so because I want you to keep living and receive this gift, be thankful for the next breath you have that you're still alive and maybe you can hear the rest of these things and understand how important um, the gift of salvation is. Two, you receive the Holy Spirit as a help and a companion in this world. And so Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Wow. Isn't that an awesome thing? Instead of us going off in la la land lying and or just living any way we want to we will know the truth and the truth he says will set set us free the spirit will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come wow because the holy spirit's smart he knows stuff (laughs) he's way better than siri um okay i'm going to romans 8 26 826 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Those are only two two benefits thus far. You get a connection with Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, before you go to three. Go ahead. We have a call. Sweet. Our friend, uh-huh. our dear one, Tanya, mm-hmm. from San Leandro, California. Tanya, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama. Hi, Papa. It's your long lost daughter. Well, I'm not lost. I'm, You're I'm not your lost. I just live. Yeah, I just live far away. Yeah. <laughs> our, our wayward daughter. 
I'm not wayward, Papa. I'm just far. No, no. You have submitted to your husband as to the Lord, and he's the one that made you go way back over there. But we love him, too. I know. We're blaming him. We're yeah. Blaming yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mama, Papa, I have a question, okay? And, and this is, you guys know me. You've known me for, oof, I don't know how many years. But I have a, a serious question. So one of the things um, I am, I, the Lord, I believe, is speaking to my heart about, and I just want to get your opinion about what the best process is for this. And I know God's going to lead, and, but I just want your experience. So one of the things that I have found, um, I find myself uh, more, all glory to God, people asking for good biblical counsel. And unfortunately, where we live, it's very difficult to find a Bible-based counselor. Um, you'll find counselors here, but they're, you know, transgender affirming, all these things affirming. And there is a very big need for Bible-based people to come alongside others and share what the Bible says about whatever, right? So I was thinking, does that require, like, is it one of the things where you recommend, like, people go to school to do that online? Or do you, which if if God, I mean, I really do feel led to pursue this, to see where mm-hmm. this will go, but I'm not certain about, you know, because people, obviously some people are like, you know, with certifications and blah, blah, blah. And I know that the Bible has equipped me, but I wanted to get your opinion on if, the, and I know the Lord will make it clear, so let me, let me first say that, but just from your experience as both, you know, counselors to uh, your flock, What's the best way to go about this? Other than, like I said, I, I I honestly believe that the Lord is calling me to consider, you know, counseling women, um, you know, and just women, uh, and 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 you know, young teen women. Does that even require anything? Because I, I I'm thinking, okay, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to? Just wanted to get your insights on that. Yeah, I that that's a very very deep question, Tanya, and I'll I'll do the best I can, and I'm sure. Paula has something to add as well. Let me change one thing that you said. Uh, Bible-based counseling or Bible-based um, uh, counselors. And, and we don't need any Bible-based counselors. What we need is Bible-consumed counselors. Mm. That's really important because a Bible-based Christian counselor is just somebody who will throw in a Bible verse here and a Bible verse there. But but basically, when they have their degree, um, they have studied all of the people that are the foundation for our modern psychology movement, and all of those people were haters of God. So here's what you need. You need an anointing. Let me go back one. You need a burden from the Lord. You've got that. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah chapter 1. You've got a burden. Um, then you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is always have the word hidden in your heart. God will bring it out. Now, I have no problems with people if they want to want to go, go get a, a, a counseling license. Uh, we have a, a woman in our church. Her name is Roberta. And she loves God with all of her heart. And God puts her in situations uh, with people of all ages, but specifically with with young people uh, and people who are hurting so deeply. And she's a licensed therapist. She does not have uh, a degree in psychology. She's not a doctor uh, of psychology, but she loves the word. 
And God has used that to give her uh, all of these opportunities. And you're, with your personality, with your love for the Lord, Tanya, what people need is to, to be in the same room. You know, just just to catch what you've got. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I know you do very, very well is you direct people to Jesus Christ. And he's the only one that can fix the problems. Our fixation in our culture with having degrees or having a doctorate, um, you know, that's more ego than anything else. Um, you know, the, 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 the uh, original disciples who became apostles, they were uneducated, ordinary men <laughs> who had been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, Tanya, what, what I would do if I were you, and, and this is one of the reasons I want you back in San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. One of the mm -hmm. reasons that, right that, beside that, me. Yeah, that I would use you here <laughs> mm -hmm. is, is just to minister to the people who are lost. They have no idea where they're going. And they don't have access typically to licensed psychologists or licensed counselors. So I'm not diminishing the value of somebody who's gone to school and studied. But what we need to do is we need to be smart enough to realize that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to realize that, that God has the answers. We have none. And, and we can't apologize or compromise. Um, Tanya, I don't know if you heard my Bible study last night. Um, but but I, I think it's an important one. Uh, while the whole world is capitulating, and you live in the Bay Area in San Francisco, um, the whole world is capitulating to an LGBTQ plus 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 agenda. Uh, Jesus says, "No, no, I am the Lord your God," mm -hmm. and your value um, in in ministering to people is that you really and truly care for them with all of your heart. And you love God and you love God's word and you have all of the confidence in the world that God's word is sufficient. Everything that we need for rebuking, for correction, for direction, um, the, the word of God is it. So um, maybe spend um, um, just an hour in Nehemiah 1 and 2. Um, see what God was able to do mm, and let the Lord give you some clear direction out of those passages. You've got the burden, you've got the heart for Jesus, and you've got the love for his word. So this isn't something that I think you ought to wait on at all. I mean, you ought to dive head in and a degree is not going to change one thing that you're going to say to somebody uh, when you're in a counseling session. Paul, do you want to add anything? No, not one single thing. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you know, we, well, I just talked about we have the Holy Spirit, and He will guide you into all truth, and and you're going to guide others to do the same thing. You'll be like yeah. Paul saying, "Follow me," as I follow the example of Christ, because that's why they're coming to you in the first place. They see a lot, and I just lied, right? I said, "No, I didn't have anything to say." Here I am, just but anyway, they see in you that there's a light. They see in you that there's a great difference. And they do see that you love them because you're going to tell them the truth. So that's all I have to add. And I'm so proud of you. Yep. You have a master's degree in Bible. That's all you need. There you go. Yeah. Tanya, we love you. We miss you. I got to talk to Mark Ghost with email yeah. this week. So yeah. Yeah. looking forward to his marriage, to mm -hmm. his wedding. Let's go to William on line two. William, thanks for holding. You are on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron and Paula. Love you guys. Hi, William. Thank Hi, you. Thank I, you. I was, I was shocked that she didn't have anything to say, but... Uh, 
<laughs> uh, you told me to call you back because um, I, I called you last week about the teaching Timothy four twelve uh-huh. to the to the youth at my church, mm-hmm. and uh, it it went well. Um, one thing that happened though is, and and I think this is a story about you that I tell, so I'm hoping I'm right about it. <laughs> but there wasn't a lot of kids there, and a lot of the the boys, young men that I thought should be there weren't there, and you know they they need all the teaching they can get. But uh, you had told a story at church about that you. Uh, when you first came to San Antonio, you talked Randolph into letting you go out there and, and teach airmen or, or have like a Wednesday night Bible study. And one time, nobody showed up and you were kind of upset. <laughs> and you went home and you were pouting or whatever. And Paula, you, you know, you're like, what's wrong? And because Paula gives you the look. And, and, and she says, well, I was there, Ron. And you said it like, you know, it was like a dagger in the heart. Yeah. Well, I remember that story is that is that your story that is that is, is the is. story yeah yeah okay. i said what I, am i, I chopped liver story. yeah the, the only yeah, thing well, is she, the only thing is she didn't wait till we got home yeah she right there. Right in and there yeah, <laughs> yeah my face was well, like hey i i've showed up for sunday school and had two students and i'm like yeah. i don't care i said i i that is in my heart i said if nobody is there i will just talk to jesus you know, for my 50 minutes or whatever I have. And uh, that's, uh, it's it's helped me big time in life. You know, it really has. So thank you for that. Well, you, but anyway, well, the study went well. Thank you. And thanks for calling. But let me, let me share this with you. You know, one of the things that you have to understand, anybody called to teach the Bible is going to be tested. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two uh, has turned out to be one of my life verses. It's required that every man given to trust by God must prove faithful. And one of the things that God had to teach me from the very beginning is you give them the best you've got, whether you're speaking to one person or a thousand people, you give the best that you've got. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that, really has impacted my life is just the the privilege of being able to share the the word of god whether there's just a couple of people there or a lot of people there and before god can trust you with a lot of people he's got to be able to trust you with the few Mm -hmm. and that's so very important funny story uh you know when the when the covid um um, stuff was going on and people weren't coming to church you know everybody was online um, I, I thought, boy, this is going to be really awkward. I'm going to be sitting in an empty room teaching the Bible, and people are going to be watching, evidently, but but I'm going to be sitting in this empty room. What's that dynamic going to be like? And the Lord spoke to my heart. William, and he said, he said, well, you know, you and I, we've done this before. Bible college. And, and it went in Bible college. When I was in Bible college, they had a room. It was a big room, probably seated, probably 250 people. And um, um, I would go down there after dinner, um, uh, and, and I would just open my Bible and teach to empty chairs. And verse by verse, chapter by chapter, in fact, I taught the whole book of Romans uh, that semester. And I'd just go there every evening during during dinner. And, and in, in my mind, it was the seats were always full, uh, but it was just me and the Lord sitting there. And that was the best training. And I remember the very first day that we were doing the the, the COVID era messages and there was nobody in here, I thought, well, this isn't my first time. I can do this. Mm-hmm. 
And William, the Lord will truly bless your heart for those young people. So thank you for sharing your heart very, very much. That's cool. Mm-hmm, that's I really like cool. That. But I'm taking offense again. Why? Because even during COVID, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we've got Lennon waiting on line three. Uh, Lennon, thank you for your patience. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron. Um, I have a question. It was a very good uh, Bible study last night, and I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, what advice would you give somebody that you know has a homosexual child that's come out and want, they want to bring their partner over for the holidays? Or, you know, if we have a niece or a nephew that's coming over and they want to bring their partner to our home. And it's, we've seen it in other homes. And it's just uh-huh. what advice would those people, you know, if they're going to that. Because um, most of the times we hear people affirming that and, and, you know, like downplaying, you know, like if their son is bringing their girlfriend over, it's different than bringing them in. So I want yeah. to see what the take is. Yeah, thank you, Lyndon. I can I can share my heart on that. We we obviously were in Indies a lot, a lot of times in Paula with Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas. This is going to be something that we come up. And people always think I'm just so mean. I don't have a mean bone in my body. No. I really don't. But but the idea is we cannot compromise our faith. We simply cannot compromise our faith. And that means our children, when they want to bring their their partners that they're not married to. I wouldn't let my son bring his girlfriend that he was living with or wanted to live with to our home. We're not going to pretend like it's okay to play house. We're not going to pretend like they're not doing something wrong, something that, that offends God. And, and um, you, you know, when, when we capitulate by, well, it's my son or it's my daughter and, you know, it's the holidays. When that happens, we're simply choosing them and that relationship over our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're living in the last days. And and I know we want our kids to be there. And we have lots of people, Lennon, in our church who have sons and daughters who have pursued these lifestyles that are sinful. Um, but but it has to mean something. Now, my son or my daughter would always be welcome in my home. But to have their partner in the home with me is saying, okay, it's okay because this is a special occasion. What you're doing is okay. And it completely takes all of the power out of your testimony. When you compromise, they know that they mean more to you than your Jesus does. And this is one of those things, and it will be painful. No doubt it's painful. But we've got to be able to say, um, Jesus, this is your home. And I'm not going to do anything that is going to give them any hope that I'm ever going to accept this relationship as being okay. Because you're a God who doesn't change, and it's never okay. And I want to be available. I think I said this in the Bible study last night, Lennon. but, But I said, you know... When your children's lives fall apart, and because you're praying for them, and because God loves them, they will. They need to know who they can come to, who hasn't changed. They need to know where they can find the peace that you've demonstrated, even in the middle of your own heartbreak. And if we compromise uh, our witness, then we offer nothing at all to them. 
So I think it's very important, and because this happens all the time, and I realize that moms especially, but dads too, well, well this is my kid, you know, and I, I, I want to see him. Um, but but they can't force me to accept something that God hates. Yeah, They just can't. Paul, you want to add anything yeah, our, to that? Our, neither one of our kids are homosexual, but I, I remember we had told them, it's kind of the same thing, sin is sin, we had told them from the time they could understand English, if you drink alcohol and drive a car, you are telling us that you no longer want to live at our house. You've made that choice. And that's exactly what happened with both of them. And the day when you had to say, we had to say, and we had to say, because husband and wife need to be on the same team, um, we had to say, okay, you have chosen to not follow the rules here. This is this is Jesus's house. So you have chosen not to live here any longer. And we gave them a week I don't know where you're going to live, but it's not here any longer. You have made that choice. And our kids make horrible choices. And they're saying to us, either accept it or not. That they want to come over is saying, look at this, look at this. And they know how painful it's going to be, and yet they want to put it in our face. And that's just that's just not right. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, Paula, that uh, the husband and wife have to be on the same page. They've got to be on the same page. Uh, this, this is one of those things where a husband and a wife who call themselves Christians have got to agree with our Christ. Yeah. And uh, if we will agree to agree with him, then there's going to be unity yeah. and, and no friction. There will be a lot of heartbreak. These yeah. are heartbreaking things. Yeah. But, but it, it's just that important. The other thing in your case, Lynn, that you described, um, these are not uh, sons or daughters, but, but relatives. Um, you, you need to be prepared for the rest of the family to hate you. Yep. Oh, I can't believe you're such a hater. I can't believe yep. that you're such a bigot, that you're so narrow-minded. Yep. Um, but, but you can just stand there in the corner with one finger pointed to heaven yep. and say, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. And be brave enough to say, I want them in heaven. And evidently you don't. So I'm going to stand firm with Jesus. Lennon, thank you for the call and the question. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition. Paul has a whole page full of notes. So 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand up for life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show. We'd love your calls or questions. 340-9585. Paula, it looks like you've got a lot to say. I do. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip number three on my list of seven. Before you do that, yes, Tanya's sir. listening, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Tell her what you just said to me during the break. What I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 71. I got my mind elsewhere. She's, she's wonderful. She's been counseling. Yeah, yeah, you've been counseling all this time, Tanya, for years and years. You call us, you text us, you email us, and you're, saying, you're asking questions. You call on this show. Um, talking about all the people that ask you questions and how to minister to them. You've been doing this all along. Yeah, Yeah, just, you know, maybe just type yourself something up. Tanya, lover of God, you want to know him? (laughs) Let me tell you. Sit down. There you go. And move back to San Antonio. Okay, Paula, now it's your show. (laughs) I keep telling my kids that. Our kids that too. Okay, so um, 
salvation, this free gift. And, you know, open the box. But here's number four. I'm skipping three on purpose. Number four is we can take on virtues of Christ and be transformed into his image. Now it, you know I want to know what number three is, and so does everybody in the audience. Yeah, you have to just wait. Okay. <laughs> Hope I don't talk too much, and we have to go to next Thursday. So, um, uh, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We'll take on those virtues instead of our fleshly ones. That is really, uh, the Spirit is love. Joy, peace. So Paul said, sin shall no longer have dominion in your life. Yeah, yeah. So that's number four. Number five, um, we can have happiness in this earthly life. Actually, we can have joy. We don't always have happiness. And so let me see what that one is. Second Corinthians 7, 4. And it says this. I have great confidence. Okay. I have great confidence in you, I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. So even in our most difficult of times, the Lord who promises that he will never leave us or forsake us is in it with us. So we can have happiness or joy even in the worst of times. It's, hap- it's, it's no problem to have, you know, happiness or joy when things are going great. You know, it's like, God is good, God is good, God is good when he provides everything. But we know that he's there with us even in those darkest of times. You know, Jesus said, happy are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. He didn't say we'd feel happy. No. But he said we'd be happy, Mm -hmm. we'd be blessed. Yeah, that's to to know the scriptures in order to bring that up (laughs) when you're going through stuff. Okay, so number six, which is really five. Number six, we can have peace Peace and rest, a life without worry. Now, do we worry? We had that lady at Randolph, you're talking about Randolph. She goes, I know we're not supposed to worry, but we're going to worry. <laughs> yeah, remember? She just flat out told us. So, But Romans 8.28 says, And we know, we being Christians, know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so when we don't have peace and rest, we can, we can still say, okay, Maybe I don't like this situation. I don't like what's going on at all, Lord. But my peace comes from knowing that you know all things. And so I'm choosing to rest that you're going to work it all out for my benefit. You know, Paul, you, and we've talked about this many, many times, but the, one of the real deep, deep desires of my heart is that Romans 8.28 would be more than a, a refrigerator magnet or, yeah. a, or a verse on a plaque that yeah. we have in our bathrooms. Yeah. Um, but but it would be be something that we would live by, that we would know in our heart of hearts mm-hmm. that this is God working behind the scenes, and and then give us that patience, that perseverance um, during those those times that are difficult. Yeah. God's just sort of Rubik's cubing things together, and yeah. that's the way we view it, the Rubik's cube thing. So yeah, yeah. And, and you know the. For in this morning, talking about the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, confused. You know, the Lord is the source and the answer for all of those categories. Um, but sometimes people are hurting for so long. And it's like, Lord, you know, whisper in their ears today and remind them that you are right there and you are doing something wonderful um, in spite of what they're going through. So, yeah. 
Did you want to remember? Let's take a phone call. We got Matthew from Cibolo on line one. Matthew, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama. Hi, Papa. How you doing? Doing Hi, good. Thank you. you. All right. Uh, you know, a lot's been going on. Um, y'all kind of obviously know what's going on, but uh, what y'all don't probably know is that uh, a few days ago, maybe almost a week now, we uh, found out that my grandma has breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is, uh, we're dealing with that. And, you know, I prayed over her. We prayed with her and we just, you know, continue, and then I point her to Galatians about, you know, living, you know, living the way she's living and things like that, and uh, so we actually had lunch with her on Wednesday, and um, and I told her because the, the, the concern is about, you know, she's living, she's been living in, with her, um, I, I guess, her significant other for 23 years, you know, proclaiming uh, to be Christian, things like that, and, and, uh, so we had lunch with her and kind of what's going on with her life and things like that. Because I don't necessarily hang out. Even though my grandma practically raised me, mm-hmm. um, I just, ever since I gave my life to Jesus nine years ago, it's just our relationship's never been the same. Yeah. And mm-hmm. anyway, so, um, she, I shared that with her about a week ago. And then on Wednesday, uh, Michelle actually took the initiative to invite her to lunch and kind of see where she's at and you know in her in her you know just to kind of just see where she's at basically and she said on wednesday that uh she's gonna get married you know oh, and praise God. Wanted, mm-hmm. yeah so she wants to be right and you know and she's just like because her uh, the reason for not getting married to significant others is that she didn't want to lose her benefits you know her mm-hmm. you know all her benefits she was getting for housing and things like that and mm-hmm. And so when she told it, it's just, you know, it was, it, it just, I, you know, I just looked up and I teared up while we're eating. And I just said, you know, Grandma, you know, I really, and I'm happy for that things are, you're going to make things right with the Lord. And and so she says, I'm not worried about housing no more. And I'm not going to worry about these things. I'm going to make things right and get married. And so I just, you know, I just want to encourage people that they're still praying and, you know, we've been praying for nine years for her and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hopefully going to come true. And um, and so I don't know. I'm hoping she will get married. She says she's going to get married soon. And so we'll keep that in prayers and that. And also, you know, she's uh, we'll find out what stage she's at um, yeah. by next week. But uh, but thank you. Mm. Matthew, God, God bless you. And thank you for your faithful witness. You know, I, I know Matthew, obviously, and and he's taken a lot of heat from family members over his stand on this. But but Paula Cancer uh, has a way of shaking people to the core. Yeah. And and suddenly Jesus becomes what's important. And, you know, it's it's likely this is a saved woman, but but um, God is bringing her home. Um, using this to do so. And Matthew and Michelle, he's done that using your witness. So thank you guys so very, very much for being consistent in your witness. Yeah. That's a Romans eight twenty eight thing mm-hmm. as well. And that's also an Acts seventeen twenty six thing. He puts us in the exact situation that we need to be in order to make it easier to find him. And in this desperate situation, you know, a lot of times you know, we pray whatever it takes, Lord. And sometimes the ones... We love so much have to get all the way to the bottom, get have to be so, so desperate before they look up and reach up. 
And the Lord's like, I don't care what it took. I died for you. I wanted you. I love you. Always have, always will. And so now this is awesome. Matthew, let your grandma know that she's now on our prayer list as well. And and, uh, again, God bless you and thank you for your faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And number seven, and I'm still going to go back to three, but number seven (laughs) is um, life in eternity as Jesus' bride. Jesus um, says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You know, you can say that to your grandma if it's not a good stage. But God still can, you know, heal that. And give read her. read the, the question that Jesus asked at the end do of that. Do you believe this? Yeah. yeah, do you believe this? Do you believe? Well, I know in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Do you believe it right now? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we've got to do with these Bible verses these wonderful, glorious promises, we've got to believe them for, uh, what's today, Thursday, for Thursday. Yeah. And we get up tomorrow, we've got to believe it for Friday. Yes, right. And um, that's, that's, that's why we want people to get saved. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I'm just so proud of you, Pastor Ron. He's, yeah, somebody said, do, um, do you force people to call you Pastor Ron? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that question this week, too. I was like... If anybody's going to be forced to call him Pastor Ron, I can't imagine who that would be. <laughs> I can't. But I call you Pastor Ron because I, I like the title. <laughs> I think it's cool. And then I sometimes I call you because, you know, you're a little handsy sometimes. I don't like Pastor Ron. <laughs> people are watching. Pastor Ron. What, what do you mean I'm handsy? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so these people. Keep your hands to yourself at church, man. You know, one of the things I said to that that questioner was, um, I really don't like people to call me Pastor Ron if mm-hmm. I'm not their pastor. Yes, I did hear that. And, and you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, the, my name is not Pastor, my name is Ron. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has given me a new name. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm only a pastor to those who, who uh, come? come to the church. Yeah, yeah. You were going to say, were you going to say, who listened to me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> not everybody who comes here really listens to you. But I am one who listens to you, Pastor Ron. I just want to make that clear. I can, I can, you know, sometimes third service, I'm like, ooh, I need to eat something because I'm, I'm fading. But I've already been to the first two <laughs> services, so I've been listening. Don't, don't get it wrong. Okay, so number three, this gift that born again Christians who really do know Jesus are quote-unquote, pressuring another person to receive this. Really, it's a, it's a free gift, and it's all um, nicely wrapped. Yeah, he hung on a cross, um, having been beaten and spit on. That's the thing. Um, if only you knew this gift that he died to take away the guilt for all of your sins um, and to give you a, an abundant life here on earth. Um, but number three, I think, is one of my favorite ones. Um, you get to receive victory over sin and all the things that make you miserable. This kind of goes into what you wanted to talk about at the beginning of the show, where in Ephesians four thirty-one it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You know, we're... In our flesh and before Christ, we were those who were haters and 
being hated. And Jesus comes along and, yeah, we still will be hated, but we're not haters. We'll be hated only because Jesus lives in us. But he gives us the power to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. I mean, people who just get violently angry, they hate that later. They hate it later. Um, See, practically, there's no value in hating it later. Yeah. You know, you got to hate it before you do it. That's right. That's the thing you got to recognize that this is the flesh rearing its ugly mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's, you know, we think, well, well, I got so angry, I just couldn't control anymore. Mm-hmm. We can always control it because we have the power that raised Christ from the mm-hmm. dead mm-hmm. living in us. So what we've got to realize is that when we give control of our thoughts or our actions to our flesh, to an enemy, um, we do that because we choose to. Yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to. And, you know, one of the things, and I hope it's okay to ask you this, if it's not, just change the subject. <laughs> but but listening to your introduction in, in Bastrop at the, at the women's conference that you just did, mm-hmm. um, it, it sounds like you have that struggle all the time, or frequently, I guess is a better way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, have this rage, have this feeling about this, per- but but you know, we we don't have to 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 do that. We 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 simply need to make a faith withdrawal of love. Romans five five, the yep. love of God poured out into our hearts, and um, we 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 really don't have to fight that fight. The fight's been won. I think. I think sometimes we fight because we think we got to win it. And Jesus said, "Hey, excuse me, I already won it. Mm-hmm. You know, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do." Yeah. And um, I, I, th- I just think that that's that's a really big deal uh, when it comes to counseling that, that, that Tanya brought up, or, or or talking with somebody, or even dealing with your own struggles. Mm-hmm. This is something that's a battle that's already been won. So, yeah, you're going to have the thoughts, but you don't have to entertain the thoughts. You can make them obedient um, to, to the Lord. And we have the power to do that. So so I guess my point is when somebody gets really, really angry, uh, it's because that's what they wanted to do. We need to be at least as honest as the Apostle Paul was when he said, what I want to do, I can't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. Mm-hmm. And... and um, he had the answer, oh, wretched man that I am. Yep. This battle has been won because who can rescue me from this body of death? It's Jesus. It's Jesus, yeah. And that's, you know, you haven't finished listening, but, yeah, I still have that struggle because I have an enemy who's pushing the buttons that tells me, you remember what they said, you remember what they did. And then me, I have to say, yeah, but that's what they already did. They're not doing that now. And I, because I'm now a born-again believer, I get to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so, yeah, so getting rid of it and remembering that we already we already forgave. We're forgiven. And then the scripture that every time you teach this, it's like, okay. And I think I, I said it there as well. You know, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. But then Jesus says, yeah, you're welcome. But then the question is, do you want me to forgive you like you forgive other people? 
still holding little bits and pieces or maybe not so little bits and pieces of unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and resentment and all that kind of stuff. You want me to forgive you like that? Well, no, 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 no. So uh, help me. Help me to really forgive completely and fully. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I still have that struggle. And I did. I told the ladies there, when I'm afraid, I hate being afraid, and my fear makes it look like I'm angry. It, it can make me sound like it, but I don't have that option. So I have to kind of go into the bedroom or go inside of my head and heart and say, Jesus, you're right here. You've already, and Romans 5, 5, love of God. And mm-hmm. um, when those thoughts come, uh, to pray for the people. And so you just made my point because you do that because you hate what you could do before you do it. Yes. You know, it's one thing to, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I feel so crummy. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe I did that. Hating it after, uh, I mean, it, it has value in the sense that we can repent yeah. and know that we're forgiven. That's a Christian. I'm talking about people who aren't saved, like maybe possibly this man who hasn't received the gift. Yeah. They don't have the opportunity. They don't even have the power not to. That's why so many people are in jail. <laughs> Well, of course, they don't have the power. They don't have the, the power. But you know, the best thing about that man, or I, I assume it was a man, it was anonymous, mm-hmm. but um, um, the best thing about that man is is he, he's unaware of it, but the Holy Spirit is already pounding on the door of his heart. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's really, really close yeah. and doesn't know it. Yeah. You know, um, just before I got saved, you wrote in your journal, God, you're good, but you're not that good. Mm-hmm. In other words, Ron's stronger than you are. Mm-hmm. He's never going to come... And because things were getting worse. Mm-hmm. But that's because Jesus was right there. It's the darkness and before I, I, the dawn. I couldn't escape him yeah. no matter what I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was looking up this song because it's, it's called We All Need Jesus by Danny Goki. And I, don't have, I didn't write down all the verses, but it goes like this. Everybody needs a, save, a savior, even the ones who think they don't. We got stuff. We hide deep down inside. There's so much that we don't show. Um, and you'd say this all the time that the only reason people don't get saved for the most part is they don't want to stop sinning. But some probably um, don't. They've done so many bad things they don't think God can save them. And so the, one of the other verses says this. It's just a wounded world we live in. It's really not the way it's supposed to be. Isn't that the beauty of redemption? It changes everything. And see, that gift is a gift of redemption to redeem you back to the person that God really created you to be or wants you to be. Um, So, again, now I'm pressuring you to receive this gift. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like, why why would you want to? Would you read the first uh, of those lyrics that you just read? Of the lyrics? Yeah, not the second part, but the first part. Uh Uh-huh. Everybody needs a savior, even the ones who think they don't. We've got stuff we hide deep down inside. There's so much that we don't show. Yeah. And that described my life before Christ and your life oh, before yeah. Christ. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, your story about trying to hide the wine coolers in the oh, refrigerator from so our kids. Bad. I was saved at that time, too. <laughs> and see, that's the thing, too. Um, Christmas is coming. Somebody's talking about Christmas. I got one more thing to say. You know that song we sing only at Christmas, Joy to the World? Why do we only sing that at Christmas time? Because it goes like this. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. 
Let every heart prepare him room. So, Anonymous and anybody else who has not received Jesus Christ, joy has come to this world. Um, the, the earth even groans, you know, waiting for the Savior to come back. But every heart, we need to prepare room in our heart. That's unbelievers as well as believers. We can't shut the door in any of those rooms in our heart. In a closet is a room, hmm. you know. So open your heart to the Lord. It's Christmas time today. Yeah. In in a nice way. And, and I, I, the joy of the world is is really not a Christmas song. But I know. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. But but you kind of, in a nice way, chewed me out this morning. What I do? Because I was walked in, it's cold in our house. Oh, yeah, okay. And and I said, oh, it is so cold. I hate winter. And And you said, well... I'm not going to complain this year. <laughs> no, no, like, I did not say it like that. I said, I've been praying that I won't complain yeah. and grumble as much. But see, winter is the earth <laughs> groaning <laughs> yeah. for its redemption. Oh, that's where you took this. I got you. So so it, the, right now, the gro- you can hear it. It's loud. <laughs> so, oh, you're so... So if we groan along with it, uh-huh. then we're, we're just okay. in sync. Sure, it's <laughs> yeah. spirit-led. Okay. But... You know, what I also said is, Jesus, uh, this weather is for some other people. We are not the only ones. They're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, we got less than about two and a half minutes now. What do you want to well, wrap up? Um, I was talking about, you know, you told me to um, use the trash bin analogy for my introduction there. Mm-hmm. And so I'll use it again. You know, we went around our street twice and all these years, well, all these years, two two years or so, we've been living there. We never smelled a trash can on our street so bad. And so the analogy was, wow, we're like those trash bins. It's like, what's in there and how long has it been there? And so that bitterness and resentment and anger and rage and all that stuff we still have inside of us, it's stinky and we need to get rid of that. And so that's what I, I talked about and, what in the world was in there for how long? So the Lord says, get rid of that. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. If anybody's out there holding on to unforgiveness, you know what? It's really probably not hurting the person that you're holding unforgiveness towards. It's hurting you and your relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and it will eat you alive. Yeah, it will. And, and the devil is just fanning the He's like, flame. ah, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So if you have anybody you want you need to forgive, do it. Let it go. I mean, really, how bad is it in light of eternity? You want to hold on to it and go to your grave just mad and angry, or you want to let it go and you and Jesus can kind of skip through life here and now and then for eternity? I'm just saying. Well, like Matthew's grandma, God is chasing people. We need to follow right along behind and offer the gospel. We yeah. do that wherever we go, yeah. and, and it's a neat thing. We had an interesting morning, ran into some people we hadn't seen in a long time. I know. Good thing. Yeah. Hi, Carla. And let me just tell you, if you are listening, Annie, we met a whole bunch of new Chinese people today oh, yeah. that, that you need to go get them. Mm-hmm. They're doing great. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh, Lord willing. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Love you, Hindo. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 
And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.